Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spending some time reconnecting with nature this summer? Here's a camping hack from L.L. Bean to make your next trip the best yet. Tired of your tentmate's flashlights shining in your eyes in camp? Bring an empty half-gallon milk jug or clear water bottle. Simply strap a headlamp around it, and it becomes a soft white lantern for everyone to see the light. For more camping hacks, visit youtube.com slash L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean. Be an outsider. Hey, everybody. It's In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. Paul Fontaine alongside Ryan Frederick, as always, and uh, happy to have you join us all here tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this uh, show. Uh, we have uh, it's a little bit of a lighter show than usual today. We have uh, just a couple fight nights, one to look back on, one to look forward to, and uh, you know our uh, Ultimate Fighter and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a show this past week. Um, but uh, before we get too far into this, I just want to remind you all about the Fight Game Media Patreon. Uh, it's at patreon.com front slash Fight Game Media. And uh, you can support everyone here at Fight Game uh, for just five bucks a month. And in addition to all the shows you get on your free feed, you get uh, at least five bonus, five Patreon exclusive shows every week. And uh, if you've never tried the Patreon, this month is our free month. And we're doing one show free every week. Uh, we had last week was uh, John LaRocca and Gary Gonzalez with their um, WCW 96 show. The week before that, it was myself and Jeff Hawkins with the Dynamite show. And this week, I believe, is Robert Silva with his special on Muhammad Ali, which uh, would be great. You know, even if you're not a boxing fan, you know who Muhammad Ali is. And Rob- Robert uh, Silva is such a entertaining guy to listen to. So I'd uh, strongly recommend checking that out on the free fee on the Patreon for free. And if you like it, just uh, throw us five bucks and, and subscribe. But uh, Ryan, first off, as always, we got the ultimate fighter. And uh, what, what was, what, what week was this? Eight? Episode no, seven. 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 Okay. You know what? That's the one thing I didn't, uh, I didn't pull up. Um, here we go. Just to reminder, I did watch it, of course. Um, the big news: <laughs> Connor's zero seven, um, and uh, yeah, and he's only got one shot left. Um, this week, it was, um, gosh, who was it? Uh, Landon Quinones, and uh, who did he wrestle? Who did he fight? God, I'm, this thing is so hard to read. Do you, do you remember? What's that? Pulling. Oh, it's Jason Knight, right? Um, Knight, yeah. yeah, yeah, Jason Knight, and of course Jason Knight. Like every week when these guys come up, it's like I I know we went over the names at the beginning, and it's like man, I'm like Jason Knight was like a pretty big deal for a little while. Yeah, um, he was one. Of, you know, he was popular. He, I mean, people were talk, calling him Hick Diaz because he yeah fought like a Diaz brother, talked like a Diaz brother, but he was from Louisiana. Yeah, and uh, and he, you know, he. Um, 
he 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 just he called it. He said he was going to finish him in the first round. I think he even said he was going to submit him in the first round. And uh, that's exactly what he did. Quinones looked like he did not belong at all. Um, Jason Knight just took this like a, you know, not even a sparring session, just like almost like an enhancement match. Like you have I mean, wrestling. It was quick. They traded right away and Quinones yeah. got the takedown and Knight yeah. just Which, instantly, instantly. They told him not to do. Like, yeah. Don't go to the ground with this guy. Instantly yeah. was shifting his hips, looking for yeah. chokes and got the triangle choke. It was didn't last long. No, I mean it was the it was the quickest um the quickest uh fight of the year so far. No, and they wasn't. they wasn't, no, it? wasn't it? No. Oh right, right, right. That first one, right? Yeah. There's like that knockout, yeah. Um yeah, and, and they show it was funny, they showed them in the in the house. They were like, you know, pretty like friendly in the house, like they you know, they're getting along and, and everything and uh you know, talking and, and whatnot. And it I it was, you know, your typical your typical um uh, tough show, you know, a little bit more of the backstory stuff because obviously we had a quick fight, and as it was going on, I kind of knew. Um, there was a couple things at the beginning of the show um, with uh, people on Michael Chandler's team. Well, actually, in Landon Quinones, for one, right? Or was it Jason Knight? One of them got a cut, right? Knight had the cut, yeah. Knight had the cut, yeah. So he had a cut, and they were saying, like, if it didn't heal right, it, you know, maybe he's not going to be able to fight. But they, you know, they fixed it up well enough, and, and they let him fight. And then uh, the next thing we see is uh, Cody Gibson, who um, had fought earlier in the year, and he uh, tore his MCL. Uh, it's a grade two sprain, which recommends rest so he can avoid surgery, but he doesn't want to rest. He wants to fight. It was funny because they're walking out of the doctor's office and, and uh, Michael Chandler's like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'd fight. <laughs> and uh, it was, uh, you know, and Gibson's like, I don't need any time. Like, I'm going to fight. Don't, you know, and it, it was kind of funny to to see that. But uh, yeah, it, um, it, I, I don't know how that's going to play out if they, if they overplayed it or what, but uh, it's, uh, he seemed like he was walking around. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, obviously as soon as that happened and they're dev- devoting all that time to that, and it was like two separate things and you know, the way they edit things like these probably didn't happen back to back the way they showed it. And it's okay. They're killing time. Cause there's going to be a quick finish at the end of the show. And sure enough, that's what we had. Um, yeah. Connor's Owen seven. And I don't know, it doesn't look that great for next week. Um, he's a, he's got, uh, it's Chandler's number one bantamweight, uh, Going up against uh, God, who I just had it up here. Rico Disquilio. Rico Disquilio or something. Uh, Disquilio. Yeah. Disquilio. I, yeah. It, was, it might be it. No. <laughs> like, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, yeah, who who is Disquilio fighting? It doesn't even say here on the on the Rico. Hunter Azer. I can't remember who. Hunter Azer. Hunt, oh my God! Like this is what I was talking about. Yeah, like Hunter Azer is another one. That, you know, was, you know, a guy that we were talking about a lot when he was in. And then when he got cut or, you know, his contract, whatever happened, we were kind of surprised. And, uh, yeah, and here he is. Like, he's, you know, he's fighting some guy we never heard of. So, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a big upset. Um, but, yeah, Connor, uh, not looking good for him. Has any has any team ever won eight in a row? Nope. No? Wow. <laughs> I think there's been some like seven and one before at least once. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, this yeah, week. Yeah. That'll be tonight. I think what happens usually when if it goes eight and zero oh, that they send some somebody over to McGregor's team. Yeah, they kind of talked about that on the show, yeah. didn't they? I, th- yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they'll. I would imagine uh, he'll get uh, Brad Katona. 
Yeah. You know, and, and who knows, maybe, uh, maybe somebody else, but, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Um, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, or tonight, I guess, uh, it'll be, this will be this eight. I wonder if the prospect of Connor going zero and eight will bring a few more viewers. Probably not. Cause I, mean, I doubt if anybody even really is following this and knows what's going on, but yeah, most people don't care about ultimate yeah. fire. I think that I saw last week there was like 200,000 people watched, um, you know, it's like you it's know, a dead. It's, it's a dead concept. They tried with McGregor to revive it, and it's just not working. It's no, no. And I mean, this. I mean, this had everything: McGregor, Chandler, ESPN, and I mean, and it's getting less. Like, I mean, less people are watching this than PFL. So, um, but uh, yeah. So that that is the Ultimate Fighter. We'll see what happens. We'll be back next week to tell you what happened, and then pretty soon we'll be getting into the uh, the quarterfinals and or the semifinals, I guess. And yeah, uh, and and then we'll have the uh, next month will be the finals. So, um, and then uh, after that, of course, we had no, uh, no other, uh, big shows. PFL is on a break right now and Bellator, you know, whatever. They never run shows in the summer, hardly. Uh, but, um, we've got, uh, UFC from the, uh, back at the Apex last week. It was, uh, a fight night card headlined by Holly Holm and, um, Myra Buena Silva, basically to determine a bantamweight title contender, I think, um, I think they were maybe. obviously hope, maybe yeah. I think they were hoping that uh, Holly Holm would win, but uh, didn't quite work out that way. Um, Myra submitted her in the second round, uh, minute thirty eight sec or thirty eight seconds into the second round, and um, pretty uh, pretty decisive win. Obviously, um, first round was competitive, but Silva was kind of taken over at the end of the round, and uh, and then. And she just came out firing in in the second, slapped on that choke, and was was it stand? Yeah, it was standing. Standing guillotine choke uh, thirty and thirty eight seconds into the second round. Yeah, Holly tapped. I um, has she ever submitted before? Yeah, yeah, Misha Tate. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in the in the fifth. Yeah, um, yeah. It was yeah. That was the only other time. Um, yeah. So that you know her first second submission loss of her career, first one in seven years, and a big big win for. Um, for Myra Buena Silva, and uh, she kind of promised uh, um, Amanda after the fight that the belt's coming back to uh, to Brazil. She told an inspirational story about how you know when you think you're down and out, there's someone out there for you. And they introduced her wife, um, a former UFC fighter, I think, or yeah. MMA fighter, anyways. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, Gloria yeah. Polish. Yeah, she was right, right, yeah, yeah, UFC, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that was kind of nice. It was kind of touching, and yeah. with the was that. She had an interpreter, but I think she was talking. I think she was saying some of the words she, herself. She, and... she, yeah, she spoke in English, you know. Some did she? Okay, yeah. I, it was late, or yeah, it was late. I watched it Saturday night. Believe it or not, yeah, I, I, I think I finished at about two forty-five. I didn't fall asleep, amazingly enough, as I thought I might, because yeah, had, like that, that co-main event <laughs> the, the was prelim, great. The, pre, the prelims didn't knock you out. Oh, no, were, no, they were trying to get through. Get through. They were. They were, and I mean. Actually, they almost did. Uh, I'll be honest. I think, I think what happened is I watched some of it, and then we went out, and then I came back, and then I watched something else. I think I watched the Blue Jays, and then you know I watched like I think it was after the first five fights or six fights, and then I watched the rest of the card. So it was almost like watching two cards, and the second part of the card was a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and uh, but yeah, it was, and I like that second or that um, that co-main event. I thought yeah. it was a great fight, and we're yeah. we're gonna talk about that a little bit yeah. more. But um, is it, you think this might be it for Holly? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, she looked okay first first round. You know, was probably winning it early. Buena Silva's tough. I mean, that's her. Yeah, yeah. That's Buena Silva. That's her third third submission win, which she's the only uh, she's the only person other than Ronda Rousey in the women's bantamweight division history to get three submission wins. So I mean, really? very very oh. good fighter. And uh, I did. Juliana Pena sent out a tweet afterwards saying that she would beat. Raquel Pennington and Bueno Silva on the same night, and Bueno Silva was laughing about it, like, like she was told that quote during her post-fight scrum, and she just started openly laughing. So yeah, there's, there's something there, you know. I think it's a much, I think uh, Pena and Bueno Silva would be much more interesting right now than Pena, Pena and P- Pennington. Just you know, not, how many you know, submissions did you say? Three, three in a row, but she's she's had five. Well, she fought it. She fought at flyweight. Oh, I fly, okay. Sorry, you're just talking bantamweight. Okay, yeah, my bad. Yeah, my so bad, bantamweight. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, but I'll bet you that five submissions, like for a woman, is probably like right up there. Yep. Yeah, yeah um, pretty. You know, overall, Julian yeah, Robertson has has a bunch, but yeah, it'd be, right, it'd be right, yeah, three, three in a yeah. row though. Like yeah. the last three, all um, you know, it's last two in the second round, and yeah. then first round submission. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely good, and uh, yeah. you know, like I'm, not. This is obviously the biggest name she's ever fought. Yeah, I mean, I'd be more interested in her against Pena than Pennington against Pena right now. Just oh yeah, just uh, but uh, yeah, big win for Brenda Silva. Is it it for Holly Holm? No, she's got a couple fights left. I mean, you can always go back to the Misha rematch if Misha wins her next fight. That's easy one to yeah. do. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, that's true. That could headline a a fight night for sure. It'd be a nice fight on a pay per view. But yeah, um, but I don't know that Holly's going to get title shot ever again that might be that's kind of you know and that's when when you're talking about somebody at that level you know that's making the kind of money that she is and and you know and and has had the kind of success that she's had to be in a position where you're never probably never going to fight for a title again it's kind of tough to keep going but you know we've seen people do it um you know like some some and and not necessarily you know bad you know like some former champions have kept going for a while and and done okay you know, just uh, when you know, women's yeah. bantamweight's weird. You can win two fights and be right back in it. So it's true. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, you know, with her name, you know, if they, you know, if they had a fight that was set and then someone fell out and she was available, that you know, they might even just slap her in, even coming off a loss. Yeah. Um. You know. So. Uh. But yeah, that was. I mean, that was really the only big fight on the card. I mean, the any only thing really even close to big. Um. There was some. You know. Some. Some you know, decent fighters on the card that, you know, had a lot to win or lose in, in that case. And um, do you want to get right into our question of the week? Well, it, let's talk about the co-main at the start. Okay. Well, that is the, the co-main. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. it, ties in, it ties into it. But... Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. So the, the co-main was Jack Della Maddalena and, and Basil Hafez. And um, this is obviously a late replacement fight. Um well, this there Madalena was originally supposed to fight last week, and then we told the story last week about his opponent. So they wanted to get him on this card, and uh, Basil Hafiz was a guy who um, they called in, you know, and he didn't have a great record, um, you know, seven, eight, or eight three, three and, one. and one, eight three and one coming in, but you know he'd won two in a row, and he was he was going to be on the contender series, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they pulled him off of that, put him in this fight, and you know, so he comes in, he's got basically nothing to lose. And good lord, this guy! Um, I, he came out, you know, just going toe to toe with Madalena. He, um, like, he was winning. Like, he won the first round. Um, second round was was close, 
And I thought, I mean, third round was close too, but Madalena probably did enough to win. But I mean, Hevez was taking these shots and they would knock down anybody. And he was just standing up and firing right back. And I just thought this fight was unbelievable. Like, and and this guy Hafez had nothing to lose. They keep putting up these tweets from like other fighters, and it almost came off like this guy is like almost like the best kept secret MMA. Like, I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of how it came off. Like, this he guy was high, just kind of w- waiting. Highly, the wings. T- highly t- touted prospect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you just you know, and you get the feeling that with some seasoning and with some experience, like this guy could be really good. And Madalena took this fight on, you know, a week's notice. And, yeah, he you know, I had no idea what he was getting into, I think. He he trained with Justin Gaethje and that crew and all that. So, so and yeah. they all have high praises for him. So, so a lot of times, a lot of times those tweets are just from people who yeah, yeah, yeah. train with him, know, know how good he is in the gym, you know, so. Yeah. But he looked like, he looked way more experienced than a guy fighting his first UFC fight with an eight, three and one record. Yeah. Like, you know, you just see him fighting just his, his technique and his poison freaking his chin. Like, I mean, I think like, like I said, this guy just knew it. Like I got nothing to lose. And the only thing I can do is not go down. Yeah. And yeah. that's basically what he did. Yeah. You know what the, you know what fight this one reminded me of? Uh, no, but I'll tell you which one it reminded me of. What's that? Um, well, you tell me first because it's probably not the, the same one. The Tony Ferguson Lando Veneta fight. That was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, okay. <laughs> where it's you got the big, yeah. you got the big contender yeah. on the way to the title shot, getting a late late replacement fighter making his debut, who just comes out and nearly takes the upset. You know, nearly yeah. upsets. Yeah, upsets the guy. You know, just has gives gives you know Hafez much like Veneta. Banana to Ferguson gave Madalena a hell of a fight and made it tough. And, and Madalena had, you know, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a moment with her question of the week. We, Madalena had to overcome a lot in this, you know, and uh, luckily his, you know, his, his striking took over in the middle of the second round and then the third and half as, yeah, unfortunately he got tired in the third and had he had his gas tank. I don't know that he had the gas tank ready to go 15 minutes at this pace pace but if he had you know we could have had an upset here we almost had an upset as is as is i still think madalena won it one clearly won the second and third so yeah so yeah but uh yeah very I, good. I had i had madalena winning as well but i mean it was it was a kind of fight we was a split decision yeah. and really if if a fez had a one yeah. it's not the worst decision you've ever seen yeah like yeah i mean yeah not even probably not even the uh, uh, i had to look worst on, the card. on the card yeah card yeah. yeah yeah no definitely not the not the worst on the card, but yeah, I had a, yeah, but like, like Venata in that fight, you know, you're, you want to see what Hafez is going, you know, his next fight and his fights in the future. Cause Venata, you know, he's, he's had a lot of ups and downs in the UFC, but people still remember that fight against Ferguson in his debut. And I think a lot of people, especially ones who saw this will remember Hafez, you know, in fights to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you know if he comes out in his next fight and and does does well. Another one it's, it has some similarities. Maybe uh, T.J. Dillashaw and Joe Soto. You know, a guy that yeah. you know Soto in. took a, Soto took a beating in that fight, though. True. True. This, yeah. This. Yeah. I mean, Vanetta Vanetta and Ferguson, much like this one, was a lot of back and forth, and yeah, and Hafez nearly winning. Soto. Soto. I mean, he lost every round in that fight. So I remember in that really Ferguson. In that Ferguson fight, I had, I had put big money 
on Tony Ferguson. Yeah. Um, just because like I was, I think I was like losing that day and I just wanted to trying to get my money back. And, uh, and, and I like, and I was freaking panicking. I think I had like $400 on it or something. Like it was just a ridiculous amount, but that was like the only way I was going to win like 50 bucks, you know? Um, and, uh, I was like, when, when that first round, like, I was like, oh my God, no, 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 <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, yeah. And he finally, uh, finally won, but yeah, that was, ex- that was exactly the one I was thinking of. I'm, I, I was expecting you to say something else. So, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, I think like it was one of those fights where it, it may be that the winner or the loser comes out of it, like with a better like better than he came in and the winner may be worse than he came in you know in terms of like status you know and uh, yeah that like the question of the week yeah exactly uh you know where that kind of that situation reminds me if we had a heavyweight fight not that long ago um can't remember the two guys one one of the guys was unbeaten and he was a i think he was like brazilian and he lost but his a but and it was his first loss but his opponent like gassed out during the fight and the, and the guy didn't give up. And, and by the end of the fight, like he was coming on and it was like one of those fights where like, even though he lost, like he gained from the fight because he actually went 15 minutes and we'd never seen him go that long. And, and he looked good at the end and the other guy didn't. And yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, our question of the week um, was, did the Jack Della Malena JDM, uh, did his hype train get derailed? And I think, I can usually tell by the by the wording that you give in a question that you kind of have your answer in mind. Yeah, and I have a. I think I have a different answer. Okay, I don't think so on this. Okay, one. well that's okay. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. So we are on the same page. Yeah, I know. I, I saw this question posed a lot on Twitter after the fight and fight okay. and even on the even on F four W board and on on Sharedog and on Reddit and. And people were asking, you know, Madeline is hype train. And here's why I don't think he was in a tough spot. This is too, this was, people got to remember, he cut weight to fight and weighed in to fight at UFC 290 last weekend. So we're talking about he had to go through all, you know, he had cut weight and was already rehydrating whenever, whenever his fight got canceled. So once you're already in the rehydration phase, like you're you're done like you're mentally focused on that on that fight and then you lose it and then you have to go through all that process again a week later of losing that weight that you had just put back on and now you're having your third different opponent in 2 weeks and originally you train your you do your training camp to peak when you're supposed to fight so theoretically he was supposed to his peak as far as his conditioning his mental state his preparation was all set up for a week ago and so yeah. I think that kind of, you know, it's hard to peak twice in a week. This is why, this is why every time, every time you see fighters fight twice within a month or twice within a couple of weeks, like usually the second time around, it's not, not, you know, even whether they win or lose second time around is not as impressive as the first time around. Cause you know, they're overtrained. Madalena did have, did just a bad fight IQ during that fight. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when he had, Hafez just basically done on the feet and Hafez would down, fall down yeah. and he would just, he'd either take him down or Hafez would fall down and he would just go into the mat mat with him instead of letting him up and finishing him. He could have got a finish in that, in that second or third round, honestly, in my opinion. There, yeah. There's a couple of so, times when he looked yeah. like he was ready to go down. He, he was, yeah. he, he needed to throw more body shots. 
yeah. his body shots were killing it. Yeah, effect. so I don't yeah. think his high tra- train gets derailed. It's a tough fight under a lot of crazy circumstances, and you know you're flying in, flew in, flies in from Australia, loses two fights, cuts weight, so I, you know gets a gets a last minute opponent who he has no information on, has a cut weight twice in a week, you know is trying to get a fight on the Sydney card, gets a fight on the Sydney card, and then says I'm going to stay in Vegas for an extra week unplanned, you know, you know to try to fight on this card, and just he was. To, in my opinion, like he wasn't prepared to fight on this card. He was prepared to fight last week, take a take a week or two off, and then get ready for for Sydney and just the circumstances. So I think just the circumstances surrounding everything. I don't think think that should derail the hype train. Now, if he comes out in his next fight, whether it's in Sydney or after that, and kind of performs like this, and you know wins a close fight because he's probably going to face some highly ranked contender or even loses then you know then we start talking about whether his hype train is derailed or not nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away like maybe you like the bears but you're hibernating in panthers territory but with nfl sunday ticket your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away specifically the distance from you to your remote control nfl sunday ticket now on youtube and youtube tv Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I agree with everything you said. The only thing that I will add is the other something you didn't mention. I don't believe is I think Basile Hafiz is better than we probably you know people thought he was. Yeah, including Madalena. So you know it's not like he took him for granted. But it was just like he wasn't expecting what came back at him. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know, and he like he gutted this out. Like he did what he had to do to win in the second and third round, even though, yeah, maybe he didn't have everything he would normally have and he was in there against a guy that just wasn't gonna go down, but he kept fighting and like yeah, he couldn't put the guy away, but that's a lot of guys would have gone down from those shots and Hafiz didn't. So um, yeah, it was, I was like super entertained by this fight and it was compelling, um, as hell for me watching it at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I think when this fight started for me. So, um, you know, with a guy that, you know, met Madalena and another guy I didn't know what, one thing I noticed saying, like, maybe this had to do with the two weight cuts, but Madalena, like his, his physique looked kind of odd. Is it, does he always look like that? Like he just, you yeah, know I mean, what I mean? Like he just kind of awkward looked, looking. Yeah looked the same to me so okay okay so we were talking about i didn't notice yeah okay no it it wasn't them talking it was just kind of what i noticed like he just i don't know he's kind of like the shape is just kind of weird like it's you know and i thought maybe it had to do with the hydrating and rehydrating or anything but maybe that's just how he always looks um i mean it works for him it's a very uh very talented fighter obviously a little unorthodox but generally works for him um all right uh do you want to do your three stars yeah (laughs) okay there's not much to go through. Go, no. Go from on this. But uh yeah, basically all coming from the main card. Uh first one, Francisco Prado. 
21 years old, uh, 12 wins. I think they're all finishes. Finished Sotman and Azatar in the first round, four minutes, five seconds. They had a they had a really good battle on the feet, and then Prado just rocked him, dropped him, and then finished it off punches from the top. Azatar was protesting badly. I didn't like the he stoppage. Was finished. You didn't like the stoppage? No, no. I, th- I thought he was ready to, to, to stand up, but uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I agreed with it. Maybe, maybe Trigger pulled a little early early compared to some other things but but still yeah just i mean great show for prado second one johnny young park uh sub- he submitted albert derive in the second round with rear naked choke was really uh derive was very good on the feet and a very good wrestler and park was just ahead of him the entire fight just beating him on the feet got him down and, and then you know got him down and and flattened him out, got the was punching him from the back, and then locked in the rear naked choke and got derived to tap. Very, very good showing for Park, who's won four in a row now. Now, so and then maybe he'll have a quick turnaround and fight in the South Korea card here in about six weeks. We'll see. And then my third one, you know, I'm gonna go with yeah, I'll go with Nazim Sadikov. Yeah, uh, yeah, very, very dif- disappointing performance from Terrence McKinney, but Sadikov's very, very good. Trains with. You know Ray Longo's team, so Aljamain Sterling, Barab, all those guys, and he and he he just dominated McKinney on the ground, on the ground, and then submitted him in the second round for a naked choke. Yeah, just great show for Sadikov. All right, and uh, didn't really leave me much um, because yeah. the only other finish on the card was you know like a an unfortunate injury that happened as a result of a takedown. So I don't really necessarily feel great about giving Victoria Dudikova a star of the night. You know, even though like it's not yeah. she didn't do anything wrong, she fought and she won. And the, some of the decisions, like I mean, they were fine, but nothing really stood out. So I want to I want to tell a bit of a story here that we'll so take yeah, about the same go, time. Yeah, you can go ahead do whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know how I do my uh, my ROI picks, right? Yeah. I um I always the night before I go and I do my research and I look at all the past records and I have a spreadsheet and I, I do everything down and I write everyone's ROI down and and you know whoever has the highest ROI that's who I bet on and on every card. You know, there's usually, you know, anywhere from 10 to 14, 15 fights on a card. And uh, I will put money on every one. As long as somebody in the fight has a positive ROI, I'll go with whoever the the highest is. But every card, there's always, you know, there's usually one or two fights where both fighters have a negative ROI. So I don't put any bets on that fight. This card, the first five fights on the card, every fighter had either a negative ROI or... Um, or no ROI because they've never had a fight, you know, where there were bets, you know, if they're making their UFC debut, a lot of times, like on the regional scene, there's, there's no gambling odds. So I've never had a show with five fights that I I didn't put a bet on. And also that they were five in a row and that they were five to kick off the, the card. And those fights were so freaking boring. I've never been so bored watching five fights as I was in these fights. Now I will say the I think it was the last one. The uh, it was I was at the last one, the second last one. Either Costa Lingo or Elder Valdez. Those were actually pretty. One of those was actually a pretty decent fight. But but again, it's also people that I don't really know or care about. You know, in most cases, like of those first five fights, Ashley Evan Smith I've seen a few times. Tyson Nam I've seen. And you'll talk about him in a second because I think he got screwed. Um, Austin Lingo, you know, like, but 
like, I mean, these are like nobodies. If I was not doing this podcast and I'm still an MMA fan and I'm watching, I would have skipped these first five fights. <laughs> like I would have started watching it due to COVID noons, you know, because that was the first fight I had money on. Um, and the other thing was maybe part of the reason I didn't like that stoppage. I had a freaking seven fight parlay and Ottoman Azatar was one of my picks and I, I won the other six. So a twenty dollar bet would have won me three hundred fifty bucks, and uh, so that stoppage cost uh, me that. But. Azatar's zero and two, zero and two since he decided to break COVID protocols over in Abu Dhabi. So, yeah, well, uh, oh, was that that guy? Yeah. Okay, like he got fired at one point, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah they brought yeah. him back. Yeah. Okay. So that that's my gambling story because I don't really have three more stars. So, um, okay. And uh, yeah, but I did okay. I I won. Uh, that was up about one hundred twenty five bucks. So it's pretty good. But uh, take us through the rest of this uh, this hell of a card that we had. Yeah, it's kicked <laughs> off with a uh, bantam women's bantamweight fight. Island Perez over Ashley Evans Smith. Uh, unanimous decision 30 25 30 25 30 26 yep complete domination from perez especially the first and third round evan smith she hadn't fought in almost three years looked like she hadn't fought in almost 30 years she looked that bad that bad and just i mean perez what the hell was going on with perez after the fight she's she's, doing valerie lareda she's like beth correa 2.0 yeah yeah just you know (laughs) twerking and (laughs) <laughs> whatever you know she likes to twerk she's open yeah miss that but yeah whatever uh then we had lightweight fight alexander munia's unanimous decision for carl carl deaton 30 26 30 27 29 28 you know i actually scored this for deaton giving them the first two rounds oh. uh granted they were both close i thought what happened in the first two rounds was munoz he would land big shots that would hurt deaton but he wouldn't really follow up on him and capitalize and try yeah. to try to you know hurt you know try to capitalize on Deaton being stunned a little and Deaton landed more in those first two rounds and out, out volume and was landing good shots. But I mean, the more damaging shots were Munoz third round was finally Munoz dropped him early, early and then dominated, you know, had three takedowns, but, uh, but yeah, it could have gone either way. Were, were they given out, given out more 10 eights, uh, the last few, there weeks. was a lot of 10, there's a lot of 10 eights on this card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you're almost wondering so, if they're back to yeah. scoring the way they're supposed to. Yeah, it's hard to – and we don't really have media media scores because MMA Decisions site is kind of messed up right now. Okay. They, they said they, they only have a – oh, oh, it's updated more than, than it was the other day. Okay. I only – like I know like there's been a lot lately where like the judges are given 10 eights and I'm not even given 10 eights. So, yeah. So I wasn't sure how – how media scores were when I looked yesterday, but they looks like it's not updated. But yeah, uh, let me look on that one real quick. These two, because these two are the fights. Uh, like a, that first one, I think I think I scored it thirty twenty seven. To be honest, I was the only one who scored it for Deaton. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome to my bad. world. Makes me look bad, but uh, but yeah. I thought but I thought the first I thought the first uh, Deaton one and the second was could have gone either way, either way. But yeah, whatever. Yeah, Whatever. I, my you eyes. know, yeah, my I'm not perfect. So, no. uh, so, but anyway, then we had the, uh, the, a uh, flyweight fight, uh, as at Maxim remained undefeated. He, uh, split decision over Tyson Nam, uh, two 29, for Maxim and a 29, for Nam. Okay. So Maxim won the first and Nam won the third, third on all, all three, on all three scorecards. So the second was the swing round. I scored it for Nam. So I'm watching the fight and I'm thinking, nah, 
Nam, you know, Nam outlanded them two to one in the fight. But I'm watching, but you take the stats away. You take the stats away. I'm watching the fight and I'm seeing Nam landing more and doing a lot of damage with the leg kicks, leg kicks and working to the body in the second round. My notes are telling me that I'm ta- that I'm doing my play by play coverage and my notes are the fight, which, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking at when I'm watching the fight. I'm focused on the fight, fight. It's all in favor of Nam. The stats are in favor of Nam. But two of the judges gave him the maximum, and I'm like, that just doesn't seem right. I thought Nam won the fight, and I, I know more more media scores had it for maximum, maximum. But one guy I had just, it thirty twenty seven maximum. Yeah, Keisha Land in it. Who's yeah? Who's who's very good? Who got a yeah. great? They have great preview show on Cherry Dog, and he's very good at judging, you know. So, so if he thought thirty twenty seven maximum, you know, I won't disagree with him. He's he's very good, but it's just like, you know, I, and I see some of the comments on comments and a lot of people thinking nam was robbed and yeah i don't i want to say rod but i really thought he won the fight and that maxim yeah. kind of got away with the one year i was glad because so. i had money on maxim but yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it was one anyway, of those fights though yeah. when when they gave the decision like you had no idea like yeah as they're you know as they're going like you were like oh okay, and when it was split. split decision i was just like i don't know you know and then when they said maxim was like and i was just like well, i don't i don't agree with that but it but you know my opinion so, so it's, you know, it's not like my scorecards matter. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, then we next had a lightweight fight, Evan Elder, unanimous decision over Gennaro Valdez, 30, 26, and then two twenty nine twenty eight. I thought this was a really fun fight. Elder and Valdez were just kind of, kind of swinging away. This is probably the, the best prelim fight I would say. Okay. So uh, this is the one, this is the one I was talking about earlier. Yeah. So they were just kind of swinging, swinging, both had a knockdown in the second round and very entertaining, entertaining fight, you know, you know, compared to what was on a lot of this card. So, yeah. And then we had a featherweight fight, Melquizel Costa, unanimous decision over Austin Lingo, 30, 26, and then two 30, 27s. Yeah. Just Costa outstriking him, better grappling. You know, that was the story of the fight. And then we had a gross moment. Uh, Victoria Dudakova got an unfortunate uh, TKO win over Stella Nunez in 34 seconds. Uh, Dudakova landed and then went for a takedown. And Nunez, to defend, uh, planted with her arm. And unfortunately, <laughs> her arm snapped as yeah. she was planting. And it was just something you didn't, you didn't want to see. Like I saw no, it live and I was screamed. just like, I I saw it live. I was like, "Oh God, that's that's disgusting." And I, I was lucky. It. And then Nunez was just screaming yeah. in absolute pain for a very long time. It felt very uncomfortable. uncomfortable. I was lucky because I, I I mentioned earlier. I know why I split the show now. I yeah. forgot about this. I did the wrap this weekend with Scott uh, Young and Keila Cash. So when I was getting set up to do that podcast, like this fight started. And I came into my office and I like was hooking everything up and listening. And then I heard, so I heard the scream like from my yeah. office, but I didn't actually see it. And then I didn't go back and watch cause I, yeah. they showed the replay, but um, I uh, didn't really want to see it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, closing out the prelims, uh, featherweight fight, Malsic back design, unanimous decision over Tucker Lutz, 29, 28 across the board. Uh, this is a good fight. Let's, Let's won the first round and back to Zarin took over in the last about eight minutes. We won the second one, the third to get the decision decision. And then onto the main card kicked off lightweight fight. Uh, Nazim Sadikov submitted Terrence McKinney in the second round with the rear naked choke. Then we had a women's featherweight fight. Norma Dumont unanimous decision over Chelsea Chandler. 
not much to this fight other than a very memeable moment where Chandler was running away from Dumont and yes. Dumont was chasing <laughs> her around the octagon. And it's been, you know, and he, it, there was a good shot of it on the broadcast and there's been a lot of memes coming out, out of it. But, uh, as far as the fight goes, Cormier just couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. Yeah, it yeah. was a, it was funny. I yeah. was laughing too. Like it was fun. One of the funnier moments you'll see in a fight. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but uh, because but uh, Dumont was just dominant in this fight. So nothing, nothing much home to write much to write about on that one. And then we had John Young Park second round submission over Albert Duraev. Then Francisco Prado first round finish over Atman Oz. Otman Azatar, and then Jack Talla Medellina split the scissor of Basil Hafez. Very, very, very good fight. You know, that'd probably be, probably, you know, if you missed the main card, main card's at least worth seeing. And then yeah. Myra Bueno Silva, you know, second round submission over Holly Holm. Honestly, you could just probably just watch the top three fights, um, you know, and, and that'd be good. I mean, not not to say anything about uh, you can watch Park, Park Duraev and Sadie Khan yeah. McKinney. Park Duraev was fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could skip Dumont and Chandler on the main card, you know. Like, yeah. yeah, I think I said that last week, didn't I? Um, yeah. yeah, when I did my, you did your three fights to watch, and I did your three fights to skip, <laughs> and uh, I think I was pretty bang on with those. <laughs> honestly, one of your um, fights to skip got skipped from the card completely. So. Well, that's true. That's true. Yeah, which was what? Uh, oh, Harrison, Harrison Parisian. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. the other one was the opener, Perez and Evan Smith, and then the uh, and then the. Um, uh, that the Norman Dumont and Chelsea. Yeah, Chandler. yeah. For those who don't know, the Walters Josh Parisian fight was scrapped from the card because of a uh, USADA issue with well, for Walters. That's too bad. Uh, really too bad because Walters is a nice guy. Um, all right, the fight of the night was Madalena and Hafez. So good for that. They got that one right, fifty thousand. And uh, the finish bonuses went to Maria Myra Buena Silva and Francisco Prado. Prado. So and uh, no. Uh, attendance because it was at the uh the apex although there uh seemed like there's a few more people than usual there um at least seemed by like the it. end seemed like it but it was still quiet yeah i mean it was a later show so that probably is part of the reason yeah. why you know as well so um you know i, I think later show, these... later show golden knights are done world series of poker is over with so yeah well it was still going on but if actually they start pretty late right when they were doing the final table so they were they're probably like didn't even. Well, Saturday Saturday was an off day for the final. Was it? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Anyway, and there was only like. Uh, well, I bet you a lot of those. Were, bet you a lot of the anyway. people that were there were probably from the World Series. Yeah, I, maybe, I would bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. they got they got money. Yeah, a lot of a lot of a lot of the local, local. I say this a lot of times. A lot of the people that are in attendance at these Apex show on a weekly basis, a lot of them are the poker high rollers. That, yeah, you know the that I that I know of, you know, because I watch the I watch those poker shows that are streamed on on Poker Go, and a lot of them talk about UFC. And there's a couple guys who bet all the time on UFC fights, and they're they're at the apex every show. So one's congratulations to uh, Daniel Weinman, twelve point yeah. one million dollars. Yeah, uh, one of the biggest uh, World Series main yeah, event ever. I know too. Yeah, it's very rare that you have a professional poker. Not to turn this into a poker podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very rare. Like he, he would be considered a poker pro, and it's very rare to actually have like a full time uh, yeah. guy who's a pro who's won big tournaments in the past, past win the main event. So yeah, yeah, good, good for him. Yeah. Um. All right. So that that was that. We uh, don't have any viewership totals, but I would bet it probably did okay. Um, because there wasn't a lot else on on uh, Saturday. Uh, but uh, we have uh, this coming week, I will take a look at the uh, regional scene. Um, 
a lot of stuff going on this weekend. Uh, we got an FFC show on Thursday night for on UFC Fight Pass, um, and that's uh, FFC sixty four. We've got a CFFC show, the the one that uh, CM Punk does commentary at the same time Thursday night at. Uh, I don't know if he's doing commentary this week, but probably so. Um, yeah, probably uh, Thursday at seven CFFC one twenty two. And uh, we also have Cage Warriors 157 uh, from the UK. So UFC is over there and, uh, and uh, Cage Warriors as well is running a show on Friday afternoon at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And we got Titan FC. That's, that's one of my favorite ones to watch. Um, they're, they're pretty high level uh, regional uh, MMA from uh, South Florida. And the uh, main event is uh, a heavyweight fight. Um, right, I had it up here. Uh, or sorry, lightweight fight. Um, Richie Lewis and Charlie Decca, but we don't know any of the other uh, fights on that card yet. And there's also an LFA card from Belton, Texas on uh, Friday night at 9. And uh, Lux Fight League as well uh, from Mexico on UFC Fight Pass Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern. So a late show there. And, uh, and then uh, not much else on Saturday uh shamrock fc from on fight your eye favors a1 combat 12 on saturday night at 11 obviously from california and octagon oh no that's we're into next week there so yeah so that's the last one yeah. for this week there's, there's one show happening in russia it's not streamed but it has okay a, but it's uh alexander slamenko he's got oh. his own promotion and he's fighting the main event against uh alex cowboy Oliveira. So there's really a, wow. There's an interesting, interesting fight on a on a card that doesn't have a lot else to it. But yeah, it's not I'm surprised they. I mean, I'm sure that'll show up on YouTube or something. Yeah, but, uh, that's a that's an interesting fight. If you, so wait, should Shemaine a middleweight? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine at 185. Okay, so Oliver's moving up. Yeah, I mean, Oliver is one of these guys who's fighting every couple of weeks, trying to work his way back to the UFC. So he's taking fights at 170 where he has a cut, or 185 where he doesn't have to cut. So, so you know, just oh yeah, just to stay active. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know if you follow Caposa on on Twitter, he'll find a way to find this fight. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but uh, inter- yeah, that's a very interesting fight, uh, Shlomenko and Oliver. I didn't know Alexander Shlomenko was still going, but yep, yeah, I guess, yep. He, guess he is. Yeah, he's fought second time he's fought this year. Fought four times last year, so yeah, just not in Bellator anymore. Um, yeah, it's been he hasn't fought in Bellator since 2018. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, well, thanks for filling me in on that one, and uh, yeah, because I usually just pull up the streaming uh, yeah, fights because yeah. there's a lot to go through some weeks. Yeah, I always pull up the pull up the entire MMA week just in okay. case there's because you'll find that odd fight like that one sitting yeah. out there well and usually i mean the ones you find are like i'm looking at all these other ones and there's like nothing yeah. um you know honestly the lfa ones usually are the best ones like in terms yeah, of yeah. name value um they, we occasionally get guys that are kind of going the other way you know going back from ufc and trying to make their way up and then we get the contenders as well so um all right. And so, but of course the big fight, uh, the big show this week is from London and, uh, it's, um, USC fight night from the Endeavor O2 or sorry, from the, Endeavor, from the O2 arena in London, uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, noon Eastern for, is that the prelims or the main card? 
uh, prelims is noon Eastern. Okay. Cards at three Eastern. I, uh, my wife's making me go to the beach this week, so I'm probably gonna, I'm not going to be watching this fight till this show till sun, till the evening at the earliest. But um, be on UFC the, Fight Pass for you. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for Canadians listening, uh, not on TSN this week. It's on UFC Fight Pass, um, but and it's on ESPN Plus, obviously in the states. Uh, Fifteen fight card. They always seem to have like. 14 15 fights on these london cards i think uh, yep yeah they always uh, i think these fighters really like to fight in front of those fans it, obviously it'll be another sold out arena not Big, quite yeah not, not quite, quite really eh? yeah i think there's still tickets available they probably uh, maybe overpriced a little bit this this one seems to be the one that that a lot of uk people are talking about when it comes to ticket prices this one more than any of the other shows i mean the other shows they've had since coming back of all been instant sellouts this one hasn't and i think i think it's it's a combination of of running that market a lot in the last couple of years with those ticket prices you know escalating the way they I think have. maybe uh wwe and AEW going there real close to this effectively possibly as well very possibly yeah yeah because yeah. ufc wwe was just there a couple of weeks ago yeah. and uh obviously AD, AD I mean, got a big Wembley this, show next month and this one doesn't have you know your yeah your patty or your leon edwards on it you know yeah you know, tom aspinall aspinall is yeah aspinall is a great fighter i don't know how much of a draw he is yet yet to the england people when you look at this card, I mean, it's it's a bunch of people that are always on these cards, but there's not a huge draw um, on on the show. I mean, honestly, the only one that you know even feels like someone that uh, is somebody that people would buy tickets to see, you know, like a lot is to me is like Molly McCann. Yeah. Um, and you know, Paul Craig's got a oh, little yeah, bit of name, and obviously Aspinall is. Yeah, I do think this is the weakest of their London shows since they've gone back, but it's still still a solid card. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And and if history's any indication, it'll be a great card. Yeah. Um, the crowd usually elevates everything, and uh, and these fighters are, seem to be motivated, and it's always like UK versus the world. Yeah. Um, pretty much, but yeah, uh, the, the crowd the crowd that's there will be hot for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, especially if they discount tickets a bit and let some of the rowdy ones in. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, the main event is uh, Tom Aspinall coming back from that uh, unfortunate injury in the in the fight in his last fight. Um, little, honestly, maybe a little sooner than I was expecting him back. Like I mean, yeah, it's been a year, it's I guess. Been, it's but... been three. It'll be three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, he's fighting Marcin Tabora, which is, you know, a decent name. A good, good guy. It's a fight he should win. I mean, you know, Tabora's coming off a couple uh, decision wins in a row. He's a guy that, you know, usually goes the distance. Um, I, I hope to God this one doesn't. Because if it does, I'd almost favor Tabora. But because we've never seen Aspinall really go that long. But... Um, I expect Aspinall to find a way yeah. to finish this. Um, yeah, I think I think this is I think this this is the perfect fight for Aspinall to come back to. It's a guy who's you know still highly ranked, Tabura, who's good, who's won seven of his last eight fights, and yep. uh, and yeah, Aspinall by all means should finish Tabura, but Tabura is also very tough to finish at the same time. But but uh, you know this will show where Aspinall is. I mean, he was. He is on the fast track towards title contention and then had the knee injury in the, in the fight against Curtis Blades. But, you know, but as far as like him coming back and fighting a top 10 guy, 
great matchup. And, you know, I I fully expect Aspinall to win this fight and to finish Sabura. But Sabura is going to make it tough for him. And uh, yeah. Sabura is a sneaky good heavyweight. Heavyweight. And there's still that outside shot. Anything can happen if I outside shot that Sabura catches him and finishes him. But uh, I do expect this to be an Aspinall win and a very good showing for him and to get his his hype train back on track after that knee injury. He's, I mean, we, we've seen Aspinall or sorry, we've seen Tabora uh, knocked out, you know, a few times, uh, Derek Lewis, uh, Shamil Abdurakimov, Augusta Sakai. So we know he can, he can be stopped and Aspinall is one of the hardest hitters at heavyweight. So um, it'll, uh, you know, I, hopefully it goes the way it goes. If he, if he gets a quick uh, win here, I would almost hope for an injury to, uh, I don't hope for an injury for anybody, but um, something happens and Jailton Almeida can't fight that fight in November and they could just rebook Aspinall and Blades for yeah. Madison Square Garden. Um, that's what I'd like to see, but um, I know they're not scheduled for Madison Square Garden, but put put Aspinall on a big card uh, for his next fight after this. Yeah. Because yeah. you win a main event in London, um, you know, assuming that's what happens here, your next fight should be pretty big. You know, I I think, you know, and that's like a pay-per-view, you know, like, you know, third from the top or, you know, headlining a, a real big fight night show, um, you know, which this is. I mean, this is one of the bigger fight night shows of the year, really, um, yeah. even with the weaker card. Um, I don't I mean, I don't know if we need to discuss anything else on this card in great detail. No. Um, um, I mean, yeah, you know, co-main is Molly McCann, which, uh, you know, I don't know if that's I'm kind of doubting that's going to be one of your fights to watch. But no, um, because, I mean, I'm not expecting much from Molly McCann against Julia Stoller-Yurinko. There's only the main only the, this is only the co-main because McCann will, will be probably the most popular fighter outside of Aspinall on the card. To the I haven't looked at this these odds, but I'm going to guess it's like minus 600 for Molly McCann. No, it's not that. It's not that big. Oh, for it's only Stolia, 350. It's only yeah, Stelly is not that great. I, yeah, this. I mean, the only reason this is a co-main is because it's in London. Yeah, it's because it it's in London. And I mean, probably the only reason it's on the main card is because it's in London. London. I mean, you know, not I mean put it this Molly, way: Molly McCann, she's popular in London. Not that great of a fighter but she has some great wins so she's a she's a very exciting fighter yeah yeah i i think and stelly ranko is a very good opponent for her um all right uh but there's a lot of good fights in this card yes and uh you can uh give us three fights to watch okay number one is gonna be a middleweight fight paul craig against andre muniz uh craig is dropping down to middleweight uh after having fought a bunch of light heavyweight and uh, Andre Muniz is looking to bounce back from his first UFC loss. It was submitted by Brandon Allen in uh, February. Uh, I mean, Paul Craig knows how to pull wins out of his ass. And he's very typically in very – typically, I won't say very exciting, but typically is in exciting fights. And uh, both ground specialists, I expect a lot of fun grappling battles in this fight. And to me, it's just – it sticks out. And it's too – I don't. I don't think. I don't know if Muniz is still ranked. I just had the rankings in front of me. I had to kind of pull back up. Yeah, Muniz is still ranked at middleweight. Paul Craig is ranked at light heavyweight. So it's two ranked fighters. So very interesting fight. Uh, num- uh, ICW tag team yeah. champion yeah. Paul Craig. Yeah. Uh, number two on my list. Uh, our second on this list will be uh, Davy Grant and Daniel Marcos. It's the prelim headliner. Uh, Davy Grant. 
always has fun fights and is coming off that finish of uh, Rafael Sunsal. He's won two in a row, and uh, his last four wins have been all finishes, and he's exciting. And Marcos is an exciting bantamweight bantamweight prospect who's actually the favorite coming in this slightly. So yeah, that's a that's a hell of a matchup. And the third one. I mean, this is a tough choice. I'm actually going to go back to the main card, featherweight fight, Nathaniel Wood against Andre Feely. Wood was, you know, he's hyped as a big prospect at Bantamweight. Lot, had a couple of losses, you know, one to John Dodson, one to Casey Kinney. Kind of got off track, missed some time. And then he's come back come back at 145 as, as won two fights, uh, beating Charles Rosa, Charles Jordan. It's his first fight in the last – or first fight in 10 months. Uh, excuse me, got the hiccups. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, Andre Feely, uh, team alpha male, guy who's always in exciting fights. He's going to win some, he's going to lose some, but you know it's going to be a fun fight when he's in there. So yeah, that's a that's a good fight too. I always, uh, whenever I see Andre Feely on a card, for some reason, I always remember the fight that he had with Max Holloway, which looks almost ten years ago now. Um, it was a great fight. And at that time, like Feely and Holloway were kind of almost at the same level. And uh, obviously they both kind of went different directions uh, from, from that point on, but yeah. they're both still in UFC. So, um, okay. There's a lot of uh, unbeaten fighters on the card and uh, you, you'll go over the whole card in a minute, but I always like to highlight the unbeaten fighters. So we got Shauna Bannon making her UFC debut out of Ireland, um, out of Patty Houlihan's uh, gym. Um Believe, uh, which uh, should be interesting. She's fighting at straw weight uh, in uh, one of the early prelims. Yanal Oshmuz uh, is a seven and zero lightweight. He's he's uh, putting his unbeaten fighter, on, and that's like a sneaky, uh, big you know, a big fight for prospects on the uh, on the on the uh, prelims, which you'll get into in a second. We got Mick Parkin making his uh, heavyweight debut out of. Um, where is he from? England. Yeah. So, England. Uh, if contender series fighter um, had a big knockout win. He's six and zero with all knockouts. So he's uh, hoping to keep that going against Jamal Pogues, who is uh, probably a guy that's probably going to get knocked out. Um, Daniel Marcos, uh, who you mentioned earlier, fighting uh, David Grant, uh, Lerone Murphy, twelve zero and one featherweight fighting Josh Kulabao, um on the uh, main card. And I think there was one other. No, that was it for the unbeaten fighters. So, uh, but take us through this long, huge card that is a little yeah. semi-stacked. Yeah, 15 fights kicking off at noon Eastern time on everything on ESPN+. Plus. Kicks off with a flyaway fight, Jafel Filo against Daniel Perez. Perez. And uh, then we have women's strawweight Shauna Bannon making her debut against Bruna Brazil. Then we have lightweights Chris Duncan against Yanal Ashmoos. Then a women's bantamweight fight, Ketlin Vieira against Penny Kianzon. Then we have a very interesting middleweight fight here, just stuck in the middle of the yeah. pass. Nakmud Muradov against Brian Barbarina. Um, Barbarina always tends to have fun fights. It's his second straight fight in England. So, so yeah. And uh, then we have a heavyweight fight, uh, Mick Parkin against Jamal Pogues. Then a very exciting lightweight matchup, Mark DeCasey against Joel Alvarez. We have a welterweight fight, Danny Roberts against Johnny Parsons. And then closing out the prelims is the bantamweight fight I talked about, Davy Grant against Daniel Marcos. Then our six-fight main card at 3 Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus, uh, feather, kicks off featherweights. Lerone Murphy against Josh Cooley-Bell. That's another really exciting matchup right there. Murphy's undefeated, and Cooley-Bell's had a couple good performances lately. Then we have a lightweight fight. Jai Herbert against Frost Zion. 
the middleweights, Paul Craig against Andre Muniz, featherweights, and uh, Nathaniel Wood against Andre Feely, co-main event, women's flyweight fight, Molly McCann against Julia Stoliarenko, then the heavyweight main event, Tom Aspinall against Marcin Tabura. Every single fight on this card has a UK fighter against somebody that's not from the UK, except for the opener, which is uh, Daniel Perez, who's from Spain. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how they always seem to find enough UK fighters to fill up these cards. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Ariel will be happy that uh, David Grant's fighting on this card. Yeah, he hopefully won't say a word about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, that is a Saturday afternoon. You know, it's pretty much all afternoon, you know, morning, depending on where you are. Uh, you know, it's uh, nine o'clock Eastern on, on the West Coast. But, uh, you know, the main card will be uh, in the afternoon, wherever you are. And uh, yeah, so it should be a fun, uh, fun show, as these London shows always are. Hopefully we get a nice, memorable moment for Aspinall after the last show, which kind of ended on a bad note uh, in the UK, even though the, the rest of the card was actually pretty good. All right, we have our, uh, we have to talk about, and uh, obviously the big news from this past week um, just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I don't know, for me anyways, uh, Jamal Hill just sent out a tweet. and uh, Yeah, it was like midnight on Thursday or Friday night, I can't remember what night. Yeah, because I remember seeing, yeah, when I woke up on whatever morning it was, Friday morning maybe, and, and it was someone else had posted it in our Discord, and it's like, okay, I'm going to wait for Ryan to confirm this. But then it was like from Jamal Hill, so it's like, okay, obviously it's true, unless I first, first thing I did was check and make sure it wasn't a fake account. And uh, yeah, and he uh, he had to unfortunately um, uh, surrender his light heavyweight title due to injury. I assume suffered in training. No, um, no. What happened? Okay, so yeah, he tore his Achilles, and it happened during the annual MMA basketball game that takes place oh, during no. International Fight Week. He participated in it. Derek Brunson, Daniel Cormier, Mike Malott. Uh, Phil Rowe, a whole bunch of people. They all every year it seems seems a group of fighters gets together and has a basketball game, game. And he tore his Achilles during that and had to vacate oh, the title. That title's cursed. It is ever since John Jones, yeah, vacated it. It's it's got its curse right now. And it's kind of like the middleweight title a few years ago, right? With uh, you know when you had. Uh, um, you know, Whitaker and uh, then you had Romero missing weight and yet all that stuff and, you know, GSP winning it, retiring. And yeah, yeah, it was, you know, and now it's, now it's here. And uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, and I guess the situation is we don't know what's going to happen. Um, they were talking through this whole show. They were just building up this um, fight in a couple of weeks uh, between Alex Pereira making his light heavyweight debut against uh, former champ Yuri, Yuri Petroska. Jan, and I, Jan, you know, Jan Bukovich. Or is, oh, is it Jan Bukovic he's fighting? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then, you know what? I was wrong there. And that's where I was like, okay. What, I even fight, corrected I that, you when you originally when you told me that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there, okay. Bukovic, yeah. so, so there we go. Okay. So that's, um, oh, yeah. I'm reading what you said now. And uh, so, yeah, okay. So, because I'm thinking, like, man, if it was, if the fight was actually Yuri Petroska and Pereira, like, you would just make that for the title. Yeah. If that was the actual fight. But yeah, I can see not doing Jan Blahovich well, and Pereira. There's a lot of reasons why. Yeah. I, I think had this happened a month ago and there had been more than a month that they would have gone with Blahovich and Pereira as a title fight. Give them, yeah, because now you're talking two weeks to yeah. prepare for another. And actually, it's only one week of a camp. 
right. camp. So here's the deal. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people were speculating. You know, obviously now Hill has vacated the title. Right? We we don't have a champion. Not going to be an interim title like people like people have thought. You know, it's gonna the next fight's going to be for the vacant light heavyweight title. A lot of people were thinking that you know it'd be they think the easy route would get, be make Blakovich Pereira title fight and you would think that would be the easier except it's only two weeks notice and and yeah maybe that's not a problem changing two weeks from a three round to five round fight problem is this fight's in salt lake city and it's at elevation and it's a lot to ask guys to to ramp up for an extra 10 minutes at elevation you know when they're not used to fighting at elevation to begin with so they already they already had to make extra preparations and training just to train for elevation then to add ten more minutes on to him on a week's notice with a, with only a week to go, that's not going to happen. Unfortunately, had this happened a month ago, I could have seen it. And also, the problem is, if they made this a light heavyweight title fight, you'd have to promote it to the main event over Poirier and Gaethje that they're building over for the BMF, BMF title because this is actually this would actually be a real title fight, you know, yeah, not a, not a gimmick title. And I just don't see I don't see them doing that. You know, they they're their selling point for this show has been Poirier Gaethje. Gaethje. So I just think the timing doesn't work out. Now, as far as title fight, what's next? I assume they're going to try to get the title, title, uh, uh, you know, title fight as soon as possible. Uh, Yuri and Jamal Hill was in the works, had not been announced, but it was going to be announced shortly for taking place sometime in the fall, whether it had been MSG, Abu Dhabi, or, December, one of those points. It was gonna, it's gonna happen. I'm assuming you know Yuri stays in the title fight. He never lost his title when he had to vacate, and they said he was gonna get immediate title shot. On, you know, when he returns, I'm assuming he fights the winner of Blakovich and Pereira. Definitely, I would definitely say that's probably gonna happen if Pereira wins. Yeah, and uh, and you know with Blakovich, maybe, and or they could always go with Ankalaev. Against uh, against Prochaska, you could do that as like I a mean, co-main on the yeah. Abu Dhabi show, maybe. Yeah, yeah, and you could do that on an Abu Dhabi. The thing is, we have not heard a single word about Akalayev since December. He's had no fight lineup lined up, no talk of him fighting. It's just it's weird. Well, word. Dana kind of like after that fight, he was not too keen he, on putting Ankalayev yeah, in another title fight. Yeah, that fight sucked, and Ankalayev yeah. has pretty shitty. You know he. If he were to become a UFC champion, he'd be the he'd be he'd be the, the champion with the most boring fights. He'd be the most boring champion in the in in the company right now. I don't think that they want him to be champion just because he doesn't have exciting fights. He's yeah. a boring fighter. Let's just yeah. be honest. And the other guys we're talking about, like Bukovic, he's hit and miss. He's um, hit and miss. Prochaska's one. Prochaska's yeah. one of the most exciting fighters fighters yeah. in MMA. Uh, yeah, and Alex Pereira. Oh, is, yeah. it's just incredible. You well, know, Pereira is, is great because if he wins the title, then they can actually do another Adesanya match yeah. down the road for yeah. like both titles. Yeah, I, or not I both an, titles, but yeah. Adesanya moving up. Yeah, I mean, I had an outside the box idea of if if <laughs> if Trakis Duplessis and Sean Strickland weren't ready to go for Sydney, just to throw Izzy in there at light heavyweight against somebody for oh, the yeah. title, yeah, just to make a title fight because because that you know whether it's Prochaska or Blakovich or Pereira being ready or Uncle Iev or whoever, Johnny fucking Walker, I don't know, whoever. 
Well, I think the the smart thing to do would be to yeah. wait and see because it's two we're two weeks away, not yeah. even we're we're what eleven days away yeah. from uh, from that uh, Pereira fight. So if Pereira yeah. wins impressively, let's say you know like he knocks the first round submission, yeah, then you know what you do you book him in a light heavyweight title fight. You right book away. him in Yuri, and that's a that's a massive yeah. fight right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then if, if it's Blakovich, then, you know, maybe you wait a bit, maybe, you, you know, you see, see who else is out there and, you know, however anything else shakes yeah. out, but Hill's going to be out for a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. A year. Achilles is, yeah. that's a serious injury. I mean, I mean, anytime you see basketball players, baseball players, yeah. football players suffer torn Achilles, they're out for a year. I would assume this at least, I mean, sometimes it could be 18 months. Yeah, that's that's a very serious injury. Uh, speaking of Pereira, did you see that video with him and Glover floating today? Are you kidding? You have, of course, I didn't it. see it. <laughs> I thought you might. No, but, no, uh, I yeah. Him and Glover in preparation for the Jan Blachowicz fight, they were doing grappling training in a river where they were trying to drown each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty, pretty. It was pretty intense and pretty insane. And Pereira was literally. He literally looked like he was trying to kill Glover, you know, without actually trying to kill him. So yeah, but, wow. But just those just insane training methods. Yeah. Hey, there's a guy Izzy can fight for a, a fake light heavyweight title. What's Glover. 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 Ah, Glover's done. I know he's done, but um, I'm you know I'm sure Izzy would love that. Um. All right. Uh. News. Uh. What's going on with Michael Page? I have no uh, idea. Michael Page. Uh. Michael Venom Page was on. Uh, Aaron Hawani show today. He said he's a free agent. He oh. does not have a uh, does not have a contract tied to anybody. He's no longer with he's no longer with Bellator at the moment. And uh, he said he's going to be at the UFC show in London, trying to get in the UFC. You know, uh, UFC doesn't sign many thirty six year olds, so that's the one thing against him. I mean, they did bring in Michael Chandler. He's what thirty four, thirty five when they signed him. Sign him. So it's not out the, out of the realm and, of possibility. Well, here's a, the dirty little secret about Michael Venom Page. I mean, everyone remembers that highlight level uh, thing he had with where he caved in uh, uh, Mister Mister Cyborg's Cyborg, face. Yeah. But um, he's not a very exciting fighter most nah, of the time. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got a name name in the UK, and yeah. he could be valuable for the UK. I don't know if the UFC will sign him, but who knows? They might. They might take a chance on a chance on him. But uh, yeah, I could see him. Probably one or PFL more likely. You know, if if they don't sign him, you know, you're going to see all these Twitter people like, oh, UFC doesn't want to spend any money, you know, like, and it's, I mean, a 36 year old guy who's not a great fighter. You know, he's a. I mean, I shouldn't say he's not a great fighter. He's he's a very talented fighter, but he's not he, an exciting he, fighter. Yeah, he has he's had some exciting fights. He's had some, but I wouldn't sign him if it was me. Even though you know, I I don't even watch his fights anymore. I mean, I know the first guy to match him up with if they sign him, but who's that? Yeah, Pereira. Pereira, yeah, Michelle Pereira, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be that'd be pretty fun, actually. Um, honestly, that could like that could headline a fight night. Um, not not like a big London show or something, but like definitely man, like an apex, like a yeah. yeah. Although I, you'd want that in front of fans, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Kevin Lee, please don't tell me he got cut again. He retired. Oh, he really? Okay. Announced his retirement. Yeah. Came back to the UFC. Hey, got quickly submitted by Renat Fakradinov and then uh said he was retiring. He's been through he's been through a lot of personal stuff over the last year. Converted to Islam, had his first child. And, How know, old is he? Like thirty five? He's thirty. 
30 oh 30 he's only 30. he'll be back i have a feeling this one yeah. might not stick you know yeah. give it a year give it a year or something if he was uh, like 34 35 i would say you know what maybe maybe that's it because like you said he has been through a lot but he's still young and he's gonna he's gonna want to come back at some point yeah i think he's just probably time off you know his you know what his big i mean we've talked about this before but like the the thing is like he's just the wrong size maybe taking some time off he could like you know work change his body or something so that he he's a better fit for either 155 or 170 because right now he's too big for 155 and he's too small for 170 yep yeah so um you know and and so maybe you know maybe he just puts on a little bit more uh base weight and and that 170 is he's bigger or he cuts some base weight and and he can make that 155 cut easier you know one of those two things um and then yeah not not so much mma but you know big news and for mma fans um tyson fury and francis Ngannou. we talked about it last week and like it was almost official and then it was official pretty much right after we recorded yeah, we recorded Monday night. And we were talking about how it yeah. feels like any day now this fight's going to be made official. And before the podcast was even even up for everybody to listen to, the fight was officially announced. Yeah, announced. So, uh, so I Saudi, same, Arabia, Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia, which, yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, Francis Nagano was on Ariel's show. He talked about how they wanted to do the fight in Wembley, and then the Saudis just stepped up and made it happen. Which means, what, do you know what they're getting paid? Could figure like probably twenty million. I mean, Francis said he's making more than he made in his entire UFC career combined, which wouldn't surprise me if it's Saudi money. He's coming. He's getting. You know, it's probably a lot. Fury's not doing this for less than fifty. Yeah, but it's it's again it's Saudi money. Yeah, you well, really want to get tied in with those guys? Unfortunately, uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know what? Like, I would love to say morally, no way, I would never. I, I, you know what? Their money is as good as anyone else's. Like I, you know what? Like I'm not yeah. like a bloodthirsty or anything like that, but I'm not gonna, I'm not above saying like, if someone offered me, if someone offered me a million dollars a year to do a podcast for the Saudi government, it's like, pay me. Like I'll do this show. Like I'll, I'll fly to Saudi Arabia and do this show in the prince's like courtyard. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm not proud. Yeah. yeah like, I'll, so, I'll take the money. So uh, yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a, uh, uh the 10 rounds it's it's not an exhibition fight it's yeah a, that was what surprised me yeah uh, yeah it, all the talk was it was gonna be an exhibition fight nope not an exhibition fight an actual fight uh don't think they haven't announced and i don't know but uh don't know if any of tyson fury's if the wbc title is gonna be on the line i like to think it's not because that'd be Does weird it really matter yeah, I think Tyson Fury I mean, is going to uh, wipe um, the floor with him. Well, what's his name? Um, uh, oh God, I'm drawing a blank here. Mayweather. He defended a title against Connor. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I don't remember what title it was, and nobody cared. Like, I mean, it yeah. wasn't like, you know, the, 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 the title was a big selling point to the fight. But if, I mean, if some, by some fluke, and I mean, really, this would be like 100 to 1 odds. Yeah. If you're getting any worse, any better than 100 to 1 odds, you should put money on Fury. But, I mean, if Nganu was to win and, and, you know, he gets to carry around a title, like that's, you know, he'll make, he'll get another one of these freak fights. Um, yeah, I don't think Nakano is going to win. I don't no, think he no, hits no. as hard. You know, I don't. I think he might hit as hard with these gloves as Deontay Wilder. Maybe not as hard. And we we saw 
Tyson Fury walk through Deontay Wilder's punches. I mean, Wilder almost knocked him out that first fight, but he got up and then the, yeah. the difference is gonna be the speed. Like, you know, you yeah. don't you don't like with Tyson Fury, you look at him and and you don't realize how fast he is until he goes in there against Francis Ngannou. Exactly. Yeah. And and the defense, you know, like he's he yeah. Like I'm sure Ngannou's training and you know, and it's you know, he's not gonna Fury will carry him. Like Fury's yeah. a good Fury's a good guy. You'll carry him for three or four rounds. Yeah, Francis said Francis said there's a rematch clause in there. Oh, I guess God. if he wins, but Oh, if he wins, imagine. yeah. Yeah, I don't imagine that happening. But you know what? Honestly, if Ngannou is making twenty, twenty-five million dollars for this fight, then he made the right move leaving the UFC. I yeah. in my opinion, like I didn't think that before this, but I didn't think they were gonna do this fight. Like so, you know, I'm uh good for him. You know, yeah, he'll get paid. I mean, hopefully he's and, okay. And and he's still and the guy who's still talking about the only fight he wants in MMA is John Jones, which there's only one way to get <laughs> that. He should have just he should have. Well, he, yeah, I don't get the PFL thing. PFL yeah. thing with this now. This now, he should if he if the whole goal was to get the Tyson Fury fight, he should just not sign that UFC contract. Worked on getting this Fury fight. Yeah, and then gone back to UFC. To fight John Jones, I I bet you that PFL contract's not that hard to get out of. Um, yeah, because I, I would if I had to put money on it and say, okay, is it more likely that Francis Ngannou's next MMA fight is in PFL or UFC? I'd say it's about fifty fifty. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see him in PFL. And I don't I don't know that this pay per view is going to be doing well because it's going to be in Saudi, which means it's means it's going to be in the morning on a Saturday, so you're already right. limiting your pay-per-view audience right there you're gonna watch and it's it? gonna be it's gonna be against a bunch of college football games too yeah you're gonna watch it no no i'm not gonna watch no, it. i have no interest in it no i don't, me I don't watch boxing in, anyway you know what anyway. i i would okay if for, by some thing if the result isn't spoiled which i mean the, the the result was spoiled as soon as the match was announced so that's probably not a good thing if it was on for free i'd probably watch it like I, I think I, I, you know, and there's a lot of fights I wouldn't watch for free, but this one I think I would watch free because I like Tyson Fury. He's he's entertaining, and I, I'd be curious to see how Ingano does. I paid for Connor and Floyd, and I didn't yeah. care about that fight. Me too. Yeah, and uh, but it was just at the day of the fight. It was like, okay, I got to see this. So that's how I was. I, that's how I was. I remember that. Yeah, I, remember that. Yeah. I had no interest in buying it. And then just the day of it just felt like, you know what? This feels like a big fucking deal. So uh, yeah. So and and who it, knows? You know? Maybe that'll happen with this, but I kind of doubt it. I know this doesn't, it doesn't feel, feel, I mean, Connor was special at that point and Floyd was Floyd. You I'll know? listen to Robert Silva. And if Robert Silva tells me to buy this fight, I'll buy this fight. <laughs> that, okay. that'll, that'll be my gauge. And I, I know Robert enough to know he's not going to tell me to buy this fight. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, we got some fight announcements. Okay, yeah, not not a not a ton of stuff, but here's some stuff. Uh, UFC 291 on, you know, coming up next week in Salt Lake City. Uh, Joanne Wood had to pull out of her fight against Priscilla Cachoeira. Uh, stepping in will be Miranda Maverick. So Miranda mm. Maverick against Cachoeira. Uh, UFC Fight Night on uh, August 5th. That also had to pull out to gear Ulenbekov is out of out of his fight. So Jake Hadley's now going to fight Cody Durden. Uh, so let's go down. Uh, UFC Fight Night, August twelfth, Martin Boudet against Josh Friesian at heavyweight. Your so that Friesian was supposed to fight uh, Walt Harris. Harris, yeah, yeah. He's getting so there's your there's your apex heavyweight special. Okay. Uh, UFC Fight Night, Singapore, uh, Junior Toff against Parker Porter and uh, Sankanan against Rolando Bedoya. 
Ooh, uh, UFC, yeah, UFC Fight Night in Paris. Uh, Benoit Saint Denis got himself a fight on the card, not against the top fifteen lightweight, but against Tiago Moises, who is a former ranked lightweight, who's right on the cusp. So that's a, you know, that's a, that, that's kind of a good fight for Saint Denis. You know, on the if he up. wins, he should be ranked after that. If, close to ranked, yeah. I don't think ranked, but close to ranked, and should be getting a ranked opponent after that. Also, Ange Lusa uh, against Reese McKee, who will be back in the UFC. Okay. Uh, UFC two ninety three Sydney, a couple fights, a few fights announced. Uh, Jack Jenkins against Chepe Mariscal. That's a that's an exciting matchup. And then we have the uh, rematch of the unfortunate no contest for the Jacksonville show. Justin Toff against Austin Lane. And then, surprised they didn't put the junior top of fight on that card too, but yeah, I don't think they like fighting on the same card. Oh, okay, okay. Plus, they need stuff for Singapore as well. True. And then uh, Blood Diamond against the debuting Charles Radke. Okay, Radke. That's a new one. Yeah, that was added since I emailed you. Uh, UFC Fight Night in uh, Mexican Independence Day on a uh, September sixteenth. Couple of Mexican fighters, uh, Edgar Chariz, quick turnaround against Daniel De Silva. Then Cynthia Calvillo, surprisingly, still with the company despite losing what five in a row now. Uh, yeah. She's taking on Elise Reed. Cherez is the guy that got that like thirty second knockout last week. No, he no he didn't. He uh, he fought Tetsuro Tyra. Oh right, right 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 yeah yeah. Oh he lost yeah he lost yeah yeah okay. Uh, UFC Fight Night September twenty third. Uh, Charles Jordan against Ricardo Ramos and uh, Muhammad Usman against Jake Collier. Ooh, interesting. And then uh, we okay. got our first fight for the Abu Dhabi card, UFC 294 flyweight fight. Tim Elliott against Muhammad Mukhaev. Hmm. So big step up for Mukhaev, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Time Mukhaev is – Yeah, yeah. Time, to, time to put him in there with the Sharks at flyweight. Kind of early, but, uh, yeah, Tim Elliott's definitely the gatekeeper there. Yep. Um, all right, so that is just about going to do it. Uh, we have pretty normal length show the show this week. Um, Ryan, I read your uh, USC two eighty nine coverage over lunch today. Excellent stuff as always. It's actually or two ninety. Yeah, sorry. I was actually going to uh, post a link to it in the Discord in in the UFC section, and I don't normally do that, but I was I was really impressed with uh, with the article this week. So well, good job. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, yeah, because you had a lot of talking points, obviously, from that card. Yeah. Um, but uh, tell us uh, where else we can find your stuff. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm at Twitter at Ryan J Frederick, uh, and then uh, yeah, in the Wrestling Observer newsletter weekly. Now, now through until Christmas break, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a UFC show every weekend until Christmas, except I I don't see one on the books for September 30th, and I don't see one on the books for Saturday after Thanksgiving, but uh, yeah. up until Christmas. So yeah, Thanksgiving I think is safe, but yeah, yeah, I think I think that gets us at forty two, yeah. and uh, yeah, and then uh, uh, every week, you know, every Saturday, uh, figure four online at four w online dot com for your live play by play coverage. If you miss the fights. If you want to razz me about how I'm scoring a fight or whatever, I know a lot of people follow UFC by through your reports. You know they don't necessarily watch the shows, but they'll yeah. log on to F4W and uh, check out your recaps. So, um, yep, a lot of people do read that stuff, despite what some internet trolls <laughs> who don't like me like to say. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, and you can—they're uh, just hear- jealous. 
Yeah, exactly. No, it's exactly. Those people get jealous anytime somebody who comes from the 4W message board actually makes something of themselves. Well, not only that, but when, you know, they see our tweets on ESPN that, I mean, that's, I mean, those hate tweets are just complete jealousy. Um, So, uh, and uh, me, you can hear me on, uh, on this network. Uh, I actually did a show this past weekend with uh, Scott, Scott Young and Keela Cash. We had some technical difficulties. It was a bit of a train wreck. Keela fired me at uh, two different times during the show. Deservedly Um, so probably. Yeah, probably. I, I, uh, I, you know me, I get over the line sometimes. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, but that that, that was a lot. Yeah, every time. That's just a lot of fun, and uh, you can you can check that out uh, right around where this show lands up. It'll be like two above it, um, at, or below it actually, depending on the way your podcast catcher catches everything. And uh, I'll also have the Dynamite Show with Jeff Hawkins uh, tomorrow night uh, on uh, right after AEW Dynamite, and my Cup of Joe with Grandpa Dead show on my uh, YouTube channel. I I'm supposed to have a guest tomorrow. We're booked. Hopefully, he shows up. Uh, but that's going to be a real fun show. I've been trying to get this guy for like a month, but I'm not going to say who it is because A, you won't know it anyways, and B, I don't want to jinx it. So for Ryan Frederick, I've been Paul Fontaine. And Ryan, take us home like you always do. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.